0: Welcome to Med Practice Made Perfect, brought to you by Practice First Medical Management Solutions. My name's Tom Mahar and I'll be your host. In today's edition, we're going to discuss key performance indicators. So, key performance indicators, also known as KPIs, are metrics that are devised to gauge the health of your medical practice from the standpoint of uh, finances. So, You know, over the years that I've been, uh, you know, working on medical practices, you know, there's recognized metrics that you know a lot of folks use, and you know, I think you always want to start out with the most basic key performance indicators first, and then you can get a little bit fancier as time goes on. But it's not just about you know running numbers and seeing what the number is and comparing it to uh, you know what your past experience has been, but trying to figure out. You know, what's driving those numbers and, you know, what can I do to improve or uh, in the case of, you know, finding denials, what can I do to reduce, uh, you know, the error rate, those sorts of things. So uh, the first one I'll start out with today is uh, a very basic one. You know, what is my average charge per encounter? So on an average charge per encounter calculation is very simple. You just take your monthly charges, uh, which are your customary charges for the month divided by the number of chargeable medical encounters come out with an answer. The answer is your average charge per encounter. Fantastic to uh you know take all of these KPIs and track them and and get and watch them month after month to see where they're going and and develop a uh a history of uh, of you know where where these metrics lie. So that that's the first uh that's the first thing to look at. Uh the second thing to look at is you know, what is my average receipt per encounter? So an average receipt per encounter is, you know, maybe a little bit more telling because now we're not talking about customary charges like we were in the average charge per encounter. So what we're talking about here is, okay, what are my receipts for the month? And, you know, instead of dividing by the current months encounters, we're going to divide by the previous months encounters. Let's assume that we have 30 days in our accounts receivable. Basically, we turn our AR over every thirty days. Last month's encounters are what we're getting paid for this month. So again, simply you know, your total receipts for the month divided by your total encounters the prior month. Now, obviously, if you had a sixty-day, sixty days in your AR, you would use you would use your uh, your encounters from two months ago. So um, that's a nice gauge. So you can kind of see. How things are trending. Very important to look at this number uh, month over month to see how it's trending. Um, you also want to take a look at it. Uh, really good to look at it year over year and what the average amounts are for the year. The third KPI is collection ratio. So, what we're trying to achieve here is we're trying to find out for every dollar that we bill, we've set a customary charge for each CPT code. For every dollar that we bill, what are we actually yielding in a cash receipt? So let's just say that we have our our uh, fee schedule set at uh, three times Medicare, just to use an easy number. Um, So for three times Medicare and we're getting paid, uh, you know, half of that amount, our collection ratio is going to be 50 percent. So how do you calculate this collection ratio? It's not as easy as just saying, well, you know, I'm going to take I can't take my current month receipts and divide it by my, you know, current month's uh, charges, I mean, that's that's not going to work out to be an accurate number because of fluctuations in your charges from month to month. So what you want to do here is you want to take your receipts and divide them by your receipts plus your contractual allowances on those same receipts. So it's your current receipts divided by your current receipts plus your contractual allowances so that's going to give you that's going to give you a number in the previous example that I used that number would be in the neighborhood of of fifty percent so or, or you know fifty cents on the dollar. So the idea here is is that you want to keep an eye on how is that number trending over time again you want to drop all these numbers into you know into a spreadsheet and track them month by month and you want to see if your if, if your number is improving or if it's uh uh, or Or if it 's not and, and and really try to figure out what 's going on. maybe there are you know some certain lines of claims that you weren't aware of that are being denied that was ever doing your billing didn 't let you know about, and all of a sudden you 're not getting paid in everything that you that you thought you should have so um, the, the collection ratios is, is, is a nice thing to track very important to track okay, so for the fourth kPI is days and accounts receivable. Okay. So, you know, what does that mean? I mean, days and accounts receivable basically means that how long does it take me to get paid from the time that I perform the service? So it's not, um you know, there's a bunch of factors that are involved in that, but the most important thing is, is how quickly do we get the claim out the door? And then how quickly do we get it paid? So this calculation is, Um, it's not, it's not a difficult calculation. Um, and I'll give it to you kind of in two parts. So the first part would be that, um, your numerator is going to consist of, um, your last three months charges. And then what we'll do is that, and those are customary charges. Then we annualize those. So multiply them by four and then divide them by your ending accounts receivable. Okay, when you do that, you're going to the answer there, the quotient is going to be your uh, actually it's going to be that's going to be your AR turnover rate. So what that means is how many times during the year is your accounts receivable turning over? So you take that one further step is you take the number of days in the year, 365 days, divide that by the quotient and your answer is going to give you the number of days. In accounts receivable. So, obviously, the shorter days in accounts receivable, the quicker you're getting paid, the better your cash flow is. So, uh, very important to monitor this month by month to see what kind of issues may be cropping up or what maybe what you're doing better. So, you know, a real simple example here of that calculation would be let's just use very easy round numbers. Let's say that you have a million dollars of charges each month. Um, And let's also say that your open accounts receivable at the end, at at this period, the end of this period is a million dollars. So if we take your charges, a million dollars a month for the last three months is three million. Annualize that, that's 12 million. Uh, You know, we divide the uh, 12 million into 1 million. The answer is 12, right? So that is your AR turnover rate, 12. So that means 12 times a year, your AR turns over. And you take that AR turnover rate. And you know, you take the, your number of days, three hundred and sixty-five, divide it by your AR turnover rate of twelve, and your answer is going to be uh, your answer is going to be thirty days. You know, so basically, you have thirty days in accounts receivable. Um, that's good. You know, a good, healthy practice. Anywhere from uh, you know, typically you know, 20 to 23 to thirty-five days, and there are a lot of factors that drive this number up or down. It's really difficult to compare these, this statistic, this, you know, this metric um, practice to to practice is very important. uh, You know, what's the specialty of your practice? You can't compare a primary care practice to a specialist practice. That just doesn't work. Um, The numbers are not comparable. So uh, also what's the difference between a, maybe an inner city practice versus a uh, practice out in the suburbs. Um, if you're a higher uh, Medicaid uh, population, um, Medicaid typically doesn't pay as quickly. You're going to have more days of accounts receivable. So, all those factors really, um, you know, are really important in the days in AR calculation. The fifth thing to look at is your, uh, you, you really want to do like an AR agent analysis. And in the AR agent analysis, what you're looking at is you're, you know, your age your aging. You're going to look at at the end of the month. It's basically a snapshot where your practice is, who owes you what, and and how old and how old are the claims. So, basically, what it does is your typical buckets are current, which is zero to thirty days, uh, then thirty one to sixty days, sixty one to ninety days, ninety one to one twenty, and one twenty plus. Um, that's typically the way that you want to break it down. And then what you want to have it broken down by is you like to have it broken down by major carriers. So whoever the major carriers are in your area, um, you know, have those broken down. And really what you want to see when you're looking at this is you want to see, you know, really your 90 plus, everything over 90 days, assuming that you have some patient uh, population in there as well. You want to not look at just your insurance, but you want to look at insurance and patient, your total AR that That really you really want that to be less than twenty five percent I mean ideally you'd be in the fifteen to twenty percent range. there's always factors that drive these things up workers comp, no fault. those things uh, sometimes take uh, quite a while to pay. Um, but you want to look at your accounts receivable to see if there's issues inside the AR so you know how do you how do you see that so you know when you're looking at an AR report. You know, obviously your current stuff should be the largest balances. So as you as you move your eyes from left to right on the page and you're going from the lowest, the most, you know, the newest AR to the oldest, you want to see those numbers continuously decreasing. So, uh, you know, a little something to look for is, is that if you have a situation where it's not decreasing all the way across. So what will typically happen it, you know if you have a problem inside of your your claim submission, I'll give you an example. Let's say that you have uh um you know fifty percent of your aging for a carrier is current, and then the next bucket is is ten percent in the thirty one to sixty days, and then all of a sudden in the next bucket you've got twenty percent of your claims, so that number should not be going up so what you know so then you got to investigate what happened? So, I mean, things that could have happened I mean, maybe for some reason, the claim submission that you made a couple of claim submissions during that month maybe didn't get through. Maybe the person following up did not follow through to make sure that those claims got resubmitted, maybe they all got rejected by a carrier, maybe half the batch got rejected um, you know so you, what you're checking for is breakdowns in what in your processes to make sure that um the folks that are doing the work are are are, are following all the steps and so those things should not happen because they should be followed up on right away. If uh, you know, if you're on top of it, so those are the things to look at. Look at in an AR aging. Okay, so the sixth metric that I like to look at is that um, how long does it take to get a bill out? So um, you know, there's a few factors in this. How quickly does the provider finish the note? Um, And then once they finish the note, does it need to be coded? How long does it take to get coded? And how long does it take it to finally get billed? This is a relatively simple report to run out of most softwares. Basically, what you want to do is you want to look at um, a report that just says, okay, for the last month, you know, what date did the service occur and what date was the claim actually filed? And, you know, very easy to do a calculation. Okay, well, uh, you know, the service was performed on... On February 20th, the claim didn't go out to the 25th. Okay, you, you know you do a, a very simple calculation there. We've got five days, you know, whatever, whatever the number is, and and go through that for all your claims for the month, and then you know average all those things out and see how long it's taking you to get the claims out. And you know, obviously, if you've got 30 days in AR and it's taking you five days to get the claim out, you know, if you can shorten that time frame up, um, finish your notes the day that you saw the patient. Make sure that the chart's coded the day after, uh, and, and the day after that, there's no reason to submit not to submit the claim. Really, what you should be looking for is about three days is typically an average amount that uh, it, you know is it, you know it, it should be sufficient to get the work done, and it's reasonable to get the work done. So everybody should be happy in that scenario. So in that simple example, you know, one tenth of the time on a 30 days in AR is spent, you know, not even out the door yet. So, um, so that's a, so that's a, that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on make sure that you don't lose control of your front end. So the seventh metric is, uh, you know, your claims denial rate. So uh, this is a very simple calculation. Basically all you're doing here is, you know, most folks are submitting their claims through a clearinghouse. So when you submit, you know, if you submit a thousand claims to the clearinghouse of the month, how many actually got through? Um, you know, if all of them got through, I mean, you've got 100% success rate, zero, you know, zero claim denial rate. So, you know, if you've got, you know, if, if if 100 of them got hung up, I mean, you've got 10%, you know, claim denial rate, I mean, not good. That means somebody's got to go back in, work that claim to get it out the door to get the payer to accept it. More important to this. So, I mean, you want this you want this to be down in the 2% range. And again, it depends on your practice. If you're controlling where the demos are coming from, you're not reliant on a facility where your people are collecting it, you can control that front end. Make sure that you're getting good eligibility information. Make sure that your folks are checking before the patient comes in that that insurance information is good. Um, so uh, you, know, you should really be down below 2% as a, as a, as a general rule. And most importantly, that uh, you know, whatever is causing the problem, you're going to take a look at and, and see if, if you can lessen that issue. Okay, so the next uh, piece of information to look at here is not so much a KPI, but um, you know, you really need to take a look at your claims denials every month by type. So you know you're going to get denial codes back for you know maybe an entire claim, maybe certain lines on the claim. Uh, so what you have to do is you know, record those codes into your system. And then take a look at at the end of the month, take a look at and run all the denials by type and you know obviously you want to take a look at you know what are my what are my most uh recurrent denials and see what you can do to fix those things I mean it could be a coding issue um it you know it it could be um, you know it could be a few different things, but whatever the issues are, you want to try to fix those. maybe you need to talk to the carrier to rectify it. But again, you want to make sure that you do this. A lot of times what you'll find is these things are carrier specific. And you want to make sure that you're coding in accordance with your carrier contracts. If there are some peculiarities between each of your contracts uh, to make sure you lessen these denials. OK, so the next metric to look at is, you know, what is my net collection rate? So it's a little bit different than what we talked about earlier. So what we're trying to determine here is of uh, everything that we build in, in the prior months for these payments that came in, you know, what was, you know, did we get all the money that we were supposed to get? So, you know, if the customary charge was $100 and we were supposed to get $50, um, how much of that $50 did we get? So um, you know, maybe there was two CPT codes that led to that hundred dollar charge. Maybe we only got paid on one of them. Um, maybe there was a denial for um something that uh uh you know they didn't bother to follow up, you know, your folks didn't bother to follow up on, um, you know, where the entire charge gets written off. So I, I mean, in this instance um, it's a little bit difficult to track because you've got to be careful as to what the biller is doing and how they're posting, uh, how they're posting these denials. But, you know, in a, in a, in a typical, in a typical world, um, really what you're looking at here is, is that what, you know, how, what percent of the total allowable amount that I actually received from, from what was possible. So, I mean, there's certain things that you can't control. You can't control a charity you know, a charity care write-off and, and, and that sort of a thing. So basically what you're trying to do is you're trying to develop, well, how much should I have gotten paid and how much did I actually get paid? So the way that you find this is, is um, if everything is posted properly, which is sometimes a big if, um, you know, you look at your different write-off codes and you set your write-off codes up so that it tracks some of the small things that, um, uh, you know, it doesn't all just end up in a customary or excuse me, in a contractual allowance scenario, where, uh, you know, all that should really be in there is the difference between what the carrier allows and what you charge. And there's other areas of write-off. So, I mean, you know, there should be a write-off for, uh, you know, bad debt. There could be a write-off for charity care. There could be a write-off for non-covered service. Um, you know, maybe you needed to have an ABN and you didn't, so you can't build a patient for this. Uh, you know, there's different things out there that can give you an idea. And and again, this is another percentage that you want to track, you know, uh, month after month. You really want this number to be in the neighborhood of 99% of what's available out there. You want to be, you want to have collected. So, uh, very important to, you know, not just track monthly, but also, uh, you know, over time. OK, so the last metric I'm going to talk about today is something that you, you can track this monthly, but really what you want to do is you really want to track this um, on an annual basis. And what I'm talking about here is, is you really want to track your mix of business. And so, uh, OK, you know, why is that important? I mean, there's a lot of reasons why, you know, you you know, this is important. I mean, is your practice aging? Um, You know, over time, if you're not, you know, paying attention and you're not attracting new patients, you know, as you're getting older, your patients are getting older. Instead of being on commercial policies, they're now going to be on, you know, Medicare policies. And, you know, you're trying to figure out why you're making less money. Well, you're getting paid from a carrier that's not paying as much as a commercial carrier might. So really what you want to do here is, um, you know, I would say to do this, you at least should look at this. You can look at it every six months. Let's just say annually. Um, you know, because it takes a little time for these things to, to change, you know, for a demo, demographic to switch can, you know, it switches over years. And, um, you know, uh, you know, I'll give you a perfect example. Um, you know, during, uh, you know, during COVID, um, you know, the, you know, the government waived the income eligibility for Medicaid patients. So, you know, the, the pandemic hit at the end of March, uh, May I believe it was, or June, they waived the you know, they they waived the income eligibility for Medicaid and you know, people that might have been making, you know, a quarter million dollars each, a married couple making a quarter million dollars each, all of a sudden they're both out of a job, they both qualify for Medicaid. They don't have to, you know, they don't have to carry their cobra. Uh, you know, they're on Medicaid. And uh, you know, I, I, I believe the government didn't start income qualifying again until two thousand twenty three. So you know we saw some pretty weird things during the pandemic where um you know 15 years ago i analyzed an account in a certain area of the country that was uh you know seven percent medicaid and in 2021 uh they were they were 38 percent medicaid so um it, it's uh it it had a devastating effect on uh, the particular practice i was looking at but you know as we come out of covid and so forth that's beginning to switch and those folks are, are falling off the Medicaid rolls back on a commercial plans as they get uh, gainful employment and have to take the coverage. So again, what you want to do here is you want to organize all of your business into all of your claims into uh, really a few different buckets. You want to take all of your commercial carriers and put them in one bucket. Um, and again, what you're looking at here is you want to look at, you can look at this. I would look at it. You can look at it two ways. You can look at it by visits or you can look at it by charges. I would look at it by charges. Um, so put all your commercial business together, then aggregate all your Medicare and all your Medicare uh, lines of business for managed care plans from uh, from insurance carriers, and then uh, also segregate. You can put together your uh, comp and no fall claims is another bucket, um, and and lastly, you're going to put together uh, your Medicaid, uh, all your Medicaid plans. So your your state straight Medicaid and all the Medicaid managed care plans. Uh, the last bucket you could have would be your self-pay bucket. So really what you're looking for here is what is my breakdown of business, you know, for the year and and how did it shift from the year before? So you can go back into your practice and run these reports to say, okay, well, you know, give me, you know, give me this information for, you know, to, you know 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22. And, and you can see how your practice is tracking. So basically, the folks that you you know that you're caring for, you know who are the people that are coming in, um, you know how often are they coming in? I mean, it's it's going to be reflected because again, what you're looking at here is not just your patient mix, but your actual you know the actual mix of of the work that you're performing, you know, day after day, year after year, and who are the people that are actually utilizing the services. So, um, and that you're 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 gaining gaining a fee off of. So. Obviously, as I mentioned earlier, if you're if you're shifting to Medicare and you're not attracting many new patients, uh, you know your your average receipt per patient is going to go down. Same thing would happen as if you're switching from commercial to you know more Medicaid business, less commercial. You're not getting paid at your highest rate. You're getting paid at the lowest rate. Going to have it have an impact on your practice. And you know, look at there's not a uh, the first thing is you got to be aware of it. And you know, what are we going to do? I mean, is there a way to attract younger uh, younger people that are that have good commercial insurance to your practice sometimes that's easier said than done based upon uh, you know the location of your practice uh, you know it, it, it's it's obvi- obviously important to uh, you know you know be in a, in a position where um, you know if you can have multiple locations maybe you spend more time at locations that are a little bit more profitable to you um, see this with practices all the time, whether it's, you know, expanding hours in one, decreasing in the other. Um, maybe they started out in one section of town and and, and morphed over to two or three other sections. And, uh, you know, that's where you want to spend your time. You want to spend your time in the most profitable spots. As a, you know, as a summary, you know, all of these metrics, you know, all, you know standing alone all by themselves, they, they don't mean a whole lot. I mean, they're just they're just numbers. Um, you really have to look at them. Uh, and, and, you know, you can compare these things to uh, national numbers that you see for your specialty. Um, and But the most important thing is to compare it to yourself and compare it to your past history of, of what you've, uh, you know, what you've achieved in the past. So, you know, working on those factors to, uh, you know, to help repair and make your practice a little bit a, a little bit healthier. Uh, a- anybody that... Uh, has any difficulty or questions I know we went through a lot of stuff today that you know might have been better served on a, on, on a whiteboard um, you know my uh, my email address is Tom at com. you can email me at any time uh, you know and, and get a hold of me and ask me the question my phone numbers are right on the website and on my email when I respond happy to discuss it with you and help you out any way that I can so I uh, hope you enjoyed this version and I will see you soon thank you Thanks for listening to Med Practice Made Perfect.